Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Steve. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Great to see you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to, to be here and, and see where our conversation is going to flow. Yeah. Um, so the subject of today's podcast is personal development and um, definitely another. It seems that all these podcasts are personal favorites of mine, you know, and they all really are. I mean, I, I'm not just saying that. When I listen back to them, I hear myself saying I was really looking forward to this, but I really genuinely am looking forward to these conversations. and. It's, um, I get so much out of them just being present in the conversation and when I listen back to it as well, you know, and, and it's such a pleasure for, you, for me to have you show up and talk about this and to have this conversation with me because um, I spent so many years in that personal development journey, you know, from, from when it started off from, from, for me from my recovery, which was 25 years ago, um, I guess is when I got some some you know some movement in that way of finding a way of bettering myself or some some understanding of changing myself in order to have a better life but I was never satisfied just with being in recovery it was like I was always searching for something else as well and I went through all the different therapies you know from person-centered to psychodynamics CBT and so on and then I found one that I liked and then I trained as a therapist and um, and then that wasn't enough, so I went through. Uh, I went to the Hoffman process. I went to all the different types of landmark things and um, silent retreats and meditations. And, and then I ended up in Tony Robbins. And um, like we were just talking about before, you know, if I, if my mind wasn't busy then, then it was super busy, you know. After that, because I really got to that. Oh, I've got it all wrong, you know. I I really can, you know. What I need to do is 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 make up more shit you know and think more and and get up and, and spend longer days and you know and i've got all these limiting beliefs you know all, all, all these descriptions of the illusion you know of thought of how reality looks and how to modify your illusion in order to have a better life you know um and it was it was such a when i found the principles I, it was like post Tony Robbins was at the end of my personal development journey. So when I found the principles, it was almost like a, a relief, you know, it was just like a, you know, like, God, you I mean, I don't have to do all that stuff, you know? So I'd love to hear about your journey with personal development and, and see how you see it now and like what, what your experience was. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, first of all, I, I love hearing other people's, um, what I call stories, um, history. Um, and I know this is a podcast, so people can't um, see your um, face when you were talking to me there. But even though you were talking about stories of where life may have looked overwhelming and difficult, sharing them the moment you just did there, there was such an aliveness and, and clear 
this in your eyes when you were talking about that. And to me, that was night and day different from everything that I thought life could actually be. I thought it was something we had to work hard towards. It was something we had to have a goal and we had to do those goals. Um, and I was one of them um, where I would do steps and I religiously would do steps, whatever I had to do, of if there was 10 things to make yourself better. And I'd do them perfect the second time, perfect the third time, maybe not as much fourth time, or oh, this is rubbish, or I'm not good at this. And then I'd have to start over on the cycle, the treadmill of whatever belief system I had running the show at that time. So even though my, my path has is, is been different um, from what your has, it's like I can see very many similarities. And I, um, from a very early age, was aware of wanting to help other people, and I didn't know what that meant. Um, but of course, when I was so busy helping other people, I was forgetting about me. So, um, and I think that's quite a common thing that we do in the personal development field is you throw yourself into um, maybe helping other people so you don't have to look at yourself. So I enjoyed, like yourself, I, I studied as a counsellor. I studied um, on a spiritual path. Um, I became a Reiki master. Um, I studied technotherapy. I studied NLP. I studied mindfulness. Everything to make me a better person, a better therapist. And of course, doing that, I had to have the, the thought that there was something wrong in order for me to become better. So for me, it was like that continual um, of having to develop. I was a teacher of meditation for 20 years, and I'd meditate every single day, twice a day myself. But again, I had to have complete stillness. I had to have quiet. I had to have a candle burning. I had to, there was a ritual that I loved, but it's almost like instead of being with the essence of the, the ritual, I kind of made it a mind focus and got lost in that that wasn't as good as the last time. So again, it looked like something else that I had to try harder to actually do. So it meant, of course, when I, when I came across the three principles, I brought all that life has to be hard, when you're, especially when you're learning something. And so, of course, when I would hear some great speakers, I would bring my psychology training to it. And I would um, question everything that I actually um, was hearing until um, maybe about three months into it. Um, I decided after 18 years to take a uh, refresher in my psychotherapy training. Um, and it was right in the middle of the psychotherapy training. We had a month off that I went out to Canada. Um, and all I can say is the man who landed on Salt Spring Island was the man I left completely different. My life really turned 360 degrees on itself. And I really saw that how much I, my personal development, personal development is living on the outside and trying to fix the limitations by looking at limitations. And I saw that so clearly that life isn't lived on the outside. Everything that I thought that I was was because my thought and consciousness was helping me experience it. That there wasn't any good or bad experiences. There was just the experience. And it was my thinking it told me different as soon as i saw that i knew that my searching could stop i knew that the person doesn't be developed it's almost like the best way to describe it if you imagine a house and you go in and you think you have to clean the house out it's like moving the furniture from one bedroom to the next 
and then clearing it all up and only moving a little bit back into that and saying, look, it looks lovely and clean, which it might, but the other room is stuffed full of, of things. So when I started seeing that, it was like, it's not even about having to mend something that isn't broken. That for me was a big thing that I saw that there was a constant something that I needed to, to develop. I think that's the best way. Now, don't get me wrong, I love doing some of the things. Like the meditation group was fantastic. I love the space that we created. And I would say that in those moments, that once we did get to a place of it looked like you had to go to the spiritual nature of who we are. And what I saw that time in, in Saltspring was that we're never away from that nature. It only looks like we are. So in that, that moment, it was like, gosh, how many hours have I spent in developing the self? moving from one room to the next and thinking it looked better until the next thing came along. The hundreds if not thousands that I've spent on going to um, different things and different books and having to have the next book. And that stopped is what I say is that moment when I realized that there is a stillness that never goes away. And when that stillness speaks to us, it doesn't need developed. There is perfection already in our system. And I, what I was realizing in that moment was innocently, myself, all of us are looking in the wrong direction of where we think our true mental health comes from. Because I saw then it's like, you know, when we look at where do we get knowledge from? Where do we get awareness from? And it's yes, it's great to develop so we can see through the eyes of of children when they actually come to this world. When we came to this world, we were a blank slate. There was nothing written in our memory. The only thing that we had was um, a fear of falling. And that's because of being supported. But we wouldn't have known as it being a fear. It was just this feeling that we would actually have. And then again, and you'll know more than me, I don't have children, but you have children yourself. But I've been around close family members and friends and seen their children and it's like, life is so simple there. Life is seen so clear. And what's been developed is the ego, the intellect. And I think depending on what circumstances we've been through, it's either going to be a very sharp one or it's going to be one that's just happy to come along. But regardless of whatever, it's just a time and place where we are at that moment. It doesn't really define us of who we are. But of course, we build on that. And then before we know it, this stillness that's inside of us looks like it has to be developed to come into our present day moments. And that's what we're constantly developing when it's something innately that we were born with and it hasn't gone away. It's just like I was saying to you before we came live here that for five minutes, um, there was the most incredible, incredible thunderstorm. I didn't see any lightning, but you could hear the thunder and then the heavens opened. And it reminded me of me, one of the things I also studied 16 years ago was soul coaching. And it's looking at the four elements of air, water, fire, and air. And so when I was looking um, at what was happening and trying to video and the magic of it, it, was, it reminded me of like inner thinking. We can become like that storm at any moment. We can just, something can just feel as if it's taking us over and we have this storm. 
Now, it doesn't tell us who you are. It just tells us the information of our thinking at that time. But it doesn't, it just, and if we notice it's like the time I'd come on air seven, eight minutes later to chat to you, I could only tell you about the experience that happened because the thunderstorm had gone. And I was saying to you, it's like when I look out the window, I, it's, sun, it's shining as brightly as it was before. I know it was raining because I can see it on the window where there's still some drops there. But if we were looking at the world of personal development, then it'd been really breaking that down and looking at why did we get upset? What do we need to change? What do we need to look at? What steps do we need to follow to make that better? And that's exhausting. I think that's very exhausting to... A, carry that burden for ourselves, and then believing that maybe other people are helping create that burden. I think there's a true misunderstanding in all of our psychology, and, and that is that life happens outside. But when we say that we are the keeper and the generator of every thought that we have, but then to me that there's power of seeing that in our system, that we created our and developed our intellect. Regardless of what it looks like, it keeps us prisoner from something that happened in the past. We still see in this moment, it's no outside circumstances or stimuli can create any feeling or thinking within us. Yes, it can create um, something, but it's our reaction afterwards that where we keep ourselves prisoner. And that's what we're trying to develop and move away from by working through what we think took us there in the first place. So I liken it a little bit like if we had a cut in our hand. So about two or three months ago, I, I went out and I was trimming the rose bushes and I didn't notice it until I came back and was washing my hands that I actually two big white scratches. So the rose bush had actually got my, um, my thumb and, and my fingers. So the amazing thing about that is if we leave it alone, what happens? It starts healing itself. So we know that if we leave things alone, or if I didn't do stitches, I would have gone to the hospital that they gave me stitches, but it's the body that heals itself. So if that's true for our physical well-being, why wouldn't it be true for our psychological well-being that we don't have to develop? We don't have to try and do all the mending because we already are part of a system that already knows how to do that if we leave it alone, which to me is night and day different from what do we have to do? What do we have to fix? What needs repaired? Who do I have to square up to? Who, who do I have to tell? You made me feel this when I was younger. Because the amount of anxiousness that we may put ourselves through just thinking about doing that could be something it brings all these other memories flooding back. But I say again, it's like, I just really started seeing things as like, when we look at what needs to be developed, it can only come from the intellect. It's only the intellect that looks like, or the ego, it looks like it needs to be developed. But when we look at that we are true energy, one of the things that when I was speaking to a, a client and he'd come with some um, feeling very 
angry and anxious and very justified because of the life that he had. And in one of the, the first two sessions, we explored it a little bit to, to look at what went on for him because he felt it was really important. So we just explored that a little bit. And then he says to me, so are you telling me that I have to get rid of my anger? Because it's really got me somewhere. And I says to my friend, I'm not asking you to do anything. But are you happy with how you feel when you're angry? That's all I'm asking you to look at. That if you're generating the, the anger or the feelings that go with it. He wanted me to develop and give him steps to help him get rid of his anger. But he was telling me at the same time, I don't want to get rid of my anger because it's got me out of a lot of stuff before. And when you hear his history, his stories, yes, it did. It actually helped him in many ways. His fight or flight kicked into action to get out of awkward circumstances. So what I love about what you're pointing to on these podcasts, um, Jason, has been the misunderstanding is that I could have quite easily gone and scratched him like the rosebush and told him he needed to come back all the time in order to get it repaired, in order for me to look after it, in order for me to help him make it look better. But that's the biggest misunderstanding is that someone else can make you feel better. And when I saw that, it was like, oh my God, there was no one out to get me more in life than I was out to get myself. That was such a biggie for me when I saw that, that I kept myself prisoner. I was the one it felt I needed to develop. And of course, it's so easy to have this pack mentality when you see somebody else and it's like, oh yeah, you're wounded like me. Let's stick together. So you stick together in your wounds and you do everything and you do your healings and you do all your things as developing. Um, and then you just keep doing and keep doing and keep doing. And I think it's in the doing that we get lost. I think it's in the doing that it looks like we're separate from that stillness. It's in the doing that we feel we have to have the solutions and the answers to make us whatever we think we're not. And when I started seeing that, and I don't mean from listening to, to Sid or anybody else. When I started looking at, well, if what they're saying is true, and this experience that I had was mine, I knew it was in that moment that I had a feeling it was truly mine. And if I come from that place and I start looking out into my world, what do I see? And I can't say I see wonder in every moment, but I see them in a hell of a lot more than what I did before. I can't develop that. But yet it develops within everyone. It develops within me because it's a neutral state. And when we're in that place of neutrality it's like me trying to describe exactly what it was like when that thunderstorm was on i have to make it up even though it was only what maybe 10 15 20 minutes ago i have to make up what it looked like that's all we've ever done with our thinking and then trying to develop ourselves away from that but when we start honoring that that there is a reason for every season i mean nature when you had to look around, you could see a lot of the things like dry leaves around and so on. I don't know where they've gone now because the winds have took it somewhere else. And that's what happens to us. It's like when that storm comes in, instead of us looking at, I must change it, it's wrong. I'm not 
saying to everybody, go about and let the, the, the winds of change be around you all the time. But for me, I used to give myself a difficult time for being angry or getting upset to people. And I needed to be more spiritual or I needed to be more understanding and I should know better. So well, it was easier to pick the club of anxiousness or fearfulness or rejection or whatever we want to call it, I hit myself over the head. And then I'd have to look at developing so I would have more compassion and more understanding. So it was a constant recycling of old unwanted thoughts that tells me, tells us that we need to change, we need to develop. And I think when we look at Nature has just shown us that it knows what to do, how to look after itself. And we are built with that same ecosystem. We're not that different. I was talking to um, a dear friend of ours who um, is looking at, oh gosh, I can't even remember the name of it. But it's basically looking at the old ways of farming. And I can't get this word to come, so I'm not. And, and basically, so he's based in Ireland and he was talking about like the farmers were coming and saying, okay, what, what fertilizer do I need to put on this to get rid of it? Because the soil is just getting destroyed. And he says, well, actually put more fertilizer on it will make it worse. But if you put this root in it, it will change the soil in such a way that stuff won't be able to grow. And that's how he's actually teaching people to um, work. And when I was bringing that to the understanding of our mind, it's like we, we have taken so much and done so much in our world to numb the experience of life. And it's in that numbness that we've tried to develop and progress and be better. But when we look at that, we already have fertile thinking happening all the time anyway. And just like what we do with nature, we know when we allow mind or we, when we're quiet, we know we can't have the same thought twice. It has to be a different thought. We know that we're in that still place that we can't imagine the storms of our thinking. So we can never experience two things at the same time. So why would we try and develop that? And something that's already in, inside us, always been inside of us. If we start looking at how memory is the personal memory is the only place where we'll see limitations. If we start looking at that, we're all energy, and in the wildness of our heart lays a peace that will never end. If we start looking towards there, it's the opposite of personal development but then we see that there is no separation from that it may look like that peace is separate but just like again i say that storm has gone and if someone comes into the village now they'll see the water maybe on the streets but if we say god there was a storm oh it didn't look like there was a storm and our thinking's like that and we've got so lost in this this cycle of personal development that I think the majority of the times it does is more damage in our thinking or more um, things to have to change the more we've gone along. And I, I've just seen that this flow of universal truth and wisdom 
that we are teaches us how we, to, we can learn from ourselves, how we can learn from the ancient times, how we can learn from the primordial heartbeat of who we all are. That can't be developed. It's like saying to the, um, the river, I'm going to put a dam in you so that you don't flow. It's going to find a way to get to the ocean because it's how it's designed. So our truth can never, never be shut down. But we look away from it when we're personal developing. And I've seen that time and time again with myself. Now, what I've also loved, Jason, about what you're pointing to is that this word innocently or innocence, we were doing what we've done given with the level of consciousness, awareness, of our thinking at that time. If we would have known differently, then we would have done differently. That still doesn't need to be developed. When we can look back and think, yes, I remember thinking on experiences and um, torturing myself all over again with my spine going tight and feeling all clammy. And I was, that was maybe 20 years down the line. The experience wasn't happening, just all in my thinking. And I just started seeing it's like, that's so opposite. That's the part that I think I need to change because it felt so horrible in that moment. But that's only the person. <coughs> it's not the person in. It's not the feeling within. It's the person out. And we're all doing that. And when I started seeing that, and I know I'm the only one having my experience like you and everybody listening to this, we all have our own individual experiences. But when we look out to this great wave of, that we call life, it looks like we're all having our own ways of struggle. We've all bought into that we have to be developed because it's what we were told. And because of our pack mentality, if we see one doing it, two doing it, guarantee we're going to have a little part of it that we're doing. And before we know it, we're lost in this habitual cycle of non-helpful thinking. But I just ask people to, to look towards that universal truth of how wisdom has been. I think it, it's when, um, when I actually met you, when I was doing a weekend um, leading a, a retreat with Dickon. And Dickon went to say wisdom has our back. And he says, no, wisdom is our back. Wisdom is everything. And I really heard that anew in that moment. And I was so like, please don't stop talking. I just want to hear so much more about what you're saying that I forgot about that moment that I was on the stage and I was listening. And I just gone to an actual place where I felt that wisdom. And I knew in that moment that anybody that I could see in front of me didn't need to be developed. There was nothing wrong with them. From our, for our personal, yes, it is what I says it looks like, but when we look at how that wisdom touches and teaches us, sometimes it is the stillness of a, a cool summer's breeze. Sometimes it's like the thunderstorm. Sometimes it's just annoying. But when we look at that, we can learn from that, the formless wisdom before form there is no personal development 
Last year, I went to lead a retreat um, in India, and we were blessed to go out into the villages where the retreat center was. And it was at the bottom of the Himalayas. And when you stood um, you, around the little villages, you would see the rivers everywhere. Um, and they used a lot of that for the drinking water. It's clear spring, and it was coming down from the Himalayas. And you could actually stop, and if you looked, you would see the stream coming down. And it really hit me in that moment that I don't have to tell that stream what to do. That stream knows because there is a path that it follows. It trusts the flow of the water coming behind it. It doesn't worry, am I going to have enough to get me to go somewhere? And it follows and it went past me and there were some people in the stream and I thought, you know, that stream is not even going to knock them down. It's going to support them. If they stand on a pebble, you may rock. But it's not the stream it's creating. It was the pebble and maybe your unbalanced foot, it created that rock. And I started liking that to mind, to the spiritual wisdom inside of us all. We are the same energy that governs that water. And we know it's making its way towards the oceans. Now, it doesn't have an eye. It doesn't have an ear. But it just has an energy that it knows where it's actually going. And if we put a, our dam of our personal thinking in it, it's going to make another route. It's not going to pay attention to that story that we're making up. It's going to find another way to actually go, which means that that eventually will just be washed away. Sometimes in a second, sometimes it takes a little bit more. But that's the gift of insight in our experience. Insight is before, comes from the wisdom within us. It's not personal. So it doesn't, again, need developed. When I started seeing that, it's like, oh, wow, we get the opportunity to dance, to flow, to laugh, to cry, to be joy-filled, to be sorrow. We have all these emotions that we've made up, and they are just information. Any word that we make up is just information. It doesn't tell us really how you're feeling. But when we pay attention to the feeling it governs all experiences, the feeling behind life, which gives us life. I don't know about you, but there is just, there is just such a, and I don't know this is true because I'm not a cat, but I just feel like a cat purring when it's contented. I don't know what it's like to be fearful or anxious or angry or sad or joy, or I just know this feeling. And I know I don't need to be developed. I know I don't need to go on that treadmill of being super fantastic or I know I don't need to meditate every day. It's a choice that I have to make rather than it being a discipline that I need to make me better. Yet I know in those moments when I do sit and I just look without anything on my mind, Today I was walking and it was a day that I was walking and I could feel my body so relaxed as I was walking around, but I could feel the, the chatter in my mind. Just da -da 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 -da. And I just wasn't giving it any attention. And my partner was saying to me, oh, look at this space. Aren't we so lucky to live here? And because I wasn't looking there, it was like, yeah, but I didn't feel I wanted to look anywhere else apart from where I was looking. 
So in that moment, again, I was reminded that we can have as much chatter going on, but it doesn't have to affect the state of mind that we're in. Before, I would have been asking, oh, Jason, can you teach me a meditation? Can you tell me what I need to do in order that I don't have chatter when I'm out walking? The chatter can only give me a negative or what feels and looks like a negative thought or thinking if I look in the direction of that being wrong. When I just see that it's not about thinking, it's not about changing or thinking, but it's just seeing that it naturally changes anyway. When we don't hold on to it, it just naturally changes anyway because it's part of our system. I didn't know that before. I thought we had to work hard to get that. And when I just saw it, it's like, you know, this feeling, I don't know what it's like, but I know it's a feeling that I felt before. And I was actually, um, there was something I, um, I was looking at today. And, and I actually had this book years ago. And it was one of the books I gave away. And when Dickon was over and we were sitting talking and we started talking about different things. And there's this little paragraph and it, it's from page five and it's the stillness speaks from Eckhart Tolle. And I just want to read this a little bit because to me, it really speaks to what I, I was pointing. When you look at a tree and perceive its stillness, you become still yourself. You connect with it at a very deep level. You feel a oneness with whatever you perceive in and through stillness. Feeling the oneness of yourself with all things is true love. And that's, I guess, in my roundabout way is what I'm pointing to here. When you stand and look at a tree, it's not the tree that's bringing it. It's the stillness of who we are it brings it. So I, after standing, and I, um, I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by three or four, um, two small and two very large woodlands around us. And there was one smaller one that um, I used to walk around, pace around if I was stressed. I would walk it off. That's what I thought I had to do. And I would do what I call my little medicine walk. So I would do like a medicine circle and I would do different things and I would honor Mother Earth and I'd have all these things that I would do. And then I'd lean against the tree and imagine my spine, get up my spine and the energy and so on. And then there was one day that I noticed that, you know, even when I walk around, when I'm not listening to my chatter, I feel the earth. It doesn't have a language that's going, Steve, can you hear me? It comes in a feeling of vibration. Everything has a feeling of vibration. And when I read that, it was like, that, that's what we're pointing to. I was speaking to a friend, gosh, this is me back a good six, seven months ago. And, and we, were, I, we were talking about this feeling and he says to me, um, well, I know what it's like because I can sit anywhere and just think of something that happened like three years ago and I can be in a really good feeling. But that's not what I was pointing to because that's memory feeling. And we can create anything from our memory. Now it's still the principles. But we can create anything in our memory. But when we look at it, it's this feeling it creates thought. Thought is neutral. Thought is still. Thought has no direction but the direction that we personally look in. So if we think there is a dysfunction, we're going to see a dysfunction. If we think there is fearfulness like this client, 
he will be fearful. If we think there is joy, we will feel joy. And it really is as simple as that. So trying to develop that only creates a dam of self-limitation. Something we have to get through. Something we have to change. And I've just seen it's like only ever once in the last nine years that I traditionally do a psychotherapy with one young guy. And I think I did half a session. And the rest was talking about thought, consciousness, and mind. And there was one thing that actually happened um, with him. And I got back in the car, and I really gave myself a difficult time because I was like, okay, I need to go and listen to more principles because I didn't do a principal session there, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do that. And I sat and I thought, but I'm in a, I'm in a good feeling when I leave here. So anything that I put onto that is me. It's the part of me that I think it needs to be developed. The part of me needs to go and maybe have a a one-to-one with someone. It needs mentored. The part of me, it looks like I'm not good enough. But when I had that thought, actually, I'm in a good feeling. That's what I know to trust. So I did, and I thought, okay. And of course, the next day, I woke up feeling a bit better about it. So when I went to see him for the next session, he had the biggest breakthrough. So what I learned to trust was really what this sense of knowing tells me. Some call it intuition, but it's like, where does the energy of intuition comes from? It comes into us as the person, but we see it as in the world. I remember right at the beginning, nine years ago, and there's a part that Sid talks about, and I never get this bit right, and I should write it down, and, and maybe um, so I get it correctly, but it's something about life is, is suspended in time, space, and matter. And I had spent seven weeks on Salt Spring Island, and then I was going to spend five days with Dickon and Coise at their home to hang out with them. And they'd asked how we got on in the fellowship. And I, I, I wasn't in my right thinking mind to, to process because I knew it wasn't about processing what I thought I was learning. Processing is something. It's only for the personal again. And then as soon as I look at it, it's been a process, then the ego will say, right, this is what we do to develop that and to keep it going along. So I asked Dick and Annie with that question, what do you think Sid was meaning about time, space, and matter? And what I loved about him, the truthfulness that he spoke with, and he says, first of all, I don't know. I can tell you what I think I knew. But as I sit here and you ask me, and I just sit with you in the feeling, all I know is life is a big dream. And it's up to us to make it the best dream possible. And I was like, boom. We didn't have to speak anymore. There was no talk about, okay, Stephen, in order for you to do that, what I want you to do is to read this chapter three times, and then I want you to actually go and do this, and then you'll begin to understand what Sid was saying. I wasn't asking for a definition or an understanding of what Sid was saying. I I was curious. How was Dickon seeing it? And he gave me the beautiful gift of being in that moment. Not 
the collective conscious memory that he had before. Truly in that moment. And I heard him in that moment. So when I recall it myself, this story to tell you, yes, I can see being in his house. I can see where we were sat. I can get into the detail of what we were wearing. I can tell you what kind of day it was outside. I can tell you what we had for lunch. I can get into the detail. And it's the detail that we've developed innocently in the past. But the details just gives us information. It doesn't really tell us how we truly were in that moment. It's only how we're making it up. So why would we try to develop a misunderstanding? Yeah. Wow. So much. It's like time, time passed so quickly there. I was just kind of lost in listening, you know, and, um, so many things that you said from, from, from right back where you were talking about the, um, the house metaphor, you know, moving things about rooms and, um, you know, that, that was what I was referring to when I, I, I call it optimizing the illusion, you know, it's kind of like, but you, it, it's described so much better in your metaphor. And when you say it like that, it just makes perfect sense. Um, and, and, you know, that experience that I guess I was, when I was listening to you, you know, it's kind of like, I, I can sink into that nice feeling, you know, and I can see it so clearly and I can see where, things changed for me, like your experience on Salt Spring, you know, and, and where I realized that I was just moving things from one room to another, you know, and optimizing my illusion, you know, in order to try and feel better when actually um, I was creating the the uneasiness in the first place. You know, that was my big realization that if, if I didn't create it anymore, there was no need to optimize it, you know, so it was kind of like everything was actually all right to start with. Um. The thing is that the main thing that came to mind when I was listening was that, you know, anyone in the personal development world like I was, has probably heard this so many times over because I, I did too. I heard it so many times and I just heard it and I just dismissed it, you know, just kind of like, ah, you know, it's kind of like, I read Eckhart Tolle, I read Anthony DeMello awareness um you know I, I listened to those people and 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 i read them and i just thought yeah it sounds good it sounds a great concept but it didn't land with me you know it didn't it didn't hit home with me i thought you know i need to go out i need to create more i need to to do more to achieve more to get more and um what came to me when i was listening to you was just like what you were talking about was was being present on the journey you know and 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 I was talking about this with someone before and it's, and I always talk about it. It's kind of like, cause it was my big realization was that there was no destination, you know, that the destination was being alive. The destination was the journey. The destination was the experience of life that I was creating in the moment, you know, and that was, that was my big realization, you know, because it's like, I thought there was really somewhere to get to some physical or mental state to be at you know some amount of money some physical appearance some status you know some place some weight loss some financial gain to get to and when i got there that everything would be okay and that was what all my personal development was about and and um 
you know, I've, I've read this chapter so many times, but in second chance, it says about the, the definition of success, you know, and, and he asks, um, the, the fictitious character, but like, you know, I said, I guess, you know, what's the definition of success? And he says, happiness and contentment. And he says, well, is that it? And he says, well, what else is there? You know, and that, that comes back to me about the, you know, when, when I talk about the journey and the destination is, is that like everyone who's in the personal development, um, you know, experience looking for a destination is really looking for you know happiness and contentment in a, in a form you know in a, in a in a in the shape and size or or amount of money or number or perceived security you know that it that they think it comes in you know and it was like all those dominoes fell away from me when i had that realization that i was creating that in the moment you know that there was actually those things didn't exist and that I could never get to them. But it took me a long time to get to that experience. You know, it took me a lot of reading things that I thought, yeah, they kind of sound true, but like, you know, I'm going to carry on in this, in this personal development world. So I, I loved, I loved your metaphor of explanation of that. And, and, and you know, the way you talked about the journey and, um, and the experience, just the way we experience life, you know, it just makes it just makes so much sense to me. There is something, Jason, so beautiful when people truly, you know, when I say feel their heartbeat, I don't mean the ba bum ba bum, but actually when they feel that that wisdom within, it's like that feeling that teaches us about our spiritual birthright. And, and spiritual to me is spirit you all. We break it down. So when I'm talking about, I'm talking about an, en an energy. I'm not speaking about a religion or, or anything that we have to follow. I'm speaking about something that we, we lean towards nature. And you can see that a rose bush doesn't fight with a daffodil because it looks different. Um, we see that one tree doesn't fight with the other. But actually when a tree has been cut down, the energy that it has, immediately it will send. Um, before it dies off, it will send all its healthy energy and roots um, right immediately out to all the trees around it, especially the youngs. How does it know to do that? Because it's flowing with the design of wisdom of how it's been created. And we have been designed with the same wisdom. And I think innocently when we've gone into that world of personal, because it's interesting when, when we hear people speak about the world of personal, it does make it really personal. Uh, it, it looks like it's as against the world. And when we look like it's as against the world, and of course then it is because wherever we look, we're going to experience. Wherever we put our attention, we're going to get the flow back of that experience coming. So the moment I noticed that, it's like, oh God, if I look more towards the energy of how does the trees know how to do that? Rather than getting lost in, I have to understand how they do that, but be so curious in a magical way that, but it does it. The same as the same friend I was telling you about in Ireland. We were walking um, up the, the back fields here, and he was saying that there was a little, um, there was this little kind of, for us, I thought it was a mushroom that had grown on the tree. And he says, you know, that's um, a little wasp's nest. And the reason why it's done it is because that actual, um, tree is sick and with the wasps actually being there and the energy that they will create the roots will take that energy and heal itself how does it know to do that again it was the marvel of like 
okay, I don't have to get into what I did when I would be in the personal development. I don't have to understand everything. When I understand everything, it takes the kind of innocence, I think, away from it. But yet I see that that actually happens because I saw it myself. And that's what I say is I passed it many a time and thought it was a mushroom. And of course, when I looked at it, I saw that it wasn't a mushroom. It didn't even look like a mushroom. So many times we've done that in our own experience. We've had a quick glance and then we've made the whole perception of what everything looks like. That is the world of personal development. It's just building misunderstanding after misunderstanding, misunderstanding, and making a world out of that. But when we go and we look at things more clearly and properly from a neutral mind, then we see the, the wisdom of it all happening. Because how did they know to go to that actual tree? So that's the questions before that I would have asked. But I don't know, there's an awesomeness that I think that we bypass in our, our bids to be the best version of ourselves. And anybody listening to this, if we could just ask them for a moment just to be aware that that, not even the best version, because then it looks like there could be one even better, but who you are looking for is inside you already as a metaphor. Who you are looking for, you're there already. Innocently, we have all got it wrong and looked outside in the hope that we could make ourselves well. You are well. You are well. And if we start looking at that, then that energy that brings us life, it moves the rivers across the Himalayas to the oceans. And I don't know where the nearest ocean was, but it didn't matter. The details didn't matter. And that's what personal development is, is getting lost in the details of life and rehashing them and hoping that we feel better. And if we don't feel better the first time, then of course we need to buy the second book, don't we? Because that will make us feel better. Or we know we need to go and speak to someone. And in some cases, all of them can be good. In some cases. But if we start looking again at this formless energy before form, then we start resonating with clear and pure consciousness, which Sid would call it soul. And I know you've heard me say this before because I'm sure I shared it at the weekend with Dickon. Soul to me is S-O-U-L, sharing our universal love. We're all doing it. It's what we all want. We're all walking each other home. I can see when I look clearly at you that you are home already. There is nothing that I can teach you but help you understand how your mind and our psychological experiences is created for everyone, then you start awakening to that. So that metaphor or what I read from um, The Stillness Speaks, when you stand in front of that tree and you feel the energy, it's not the tree, it's just it's you, it's falling out of your made-up reality. Just for, even if it's a split second, and feeling that connection of energy, which for this matter I'll call soul. That's what happens when we sit in front of one another with nowhere to get to, with no mending to do. We look at one another and think, you know, there is perfection in your system. There is health inside of you. And all the trainings that I've done, I've never been told about the health. It was always the sickness. So I was always trying to heal the sickness. I was trying to heal people's sickness because I thought I had the Mary Poppins bag. It did it. But never realized that actually they have everything they need. 
they've just forgot the same as what I've done. So in conversation, if we can just explore where our experience is coming from, we know that same wisdom it takes. The storms, it moves them along. We don't have to say to the, the stars what to do. We don't have to tell the oceans to come in and out. When we look at the energy of what the oceans does and they're governed by the moon and the amount of miles that's separate, have you ever seen a piece of string from the moon to the oceans? Or a, a rope pulling them in and out? So we know there's an energy field that's doing its work, regardless if we're stressing or not. And the more we look in our area of stress, the more we'll see it, because that's what consciousness will do. It will let us know the level of thinking that we're doing. It won't tell us anything about our thinking. It will just let us know the level we're in. We make up what it, what it means. And that's how it can change from one to the next. We put our personal reality and then we get to see where it's been a misunderstanding we've created innocently. I don't get, I remember a, a client asking me who had had a quite horrific experience when she was younger. And she says to me, are you asking me to deny all those experiences? And I says, no, I'm not at all. But what I'm saying is that when you look at how it defines you in this moment, are you living as if you're still there? Or are you seeing the moment your birthright to see from a, a calm, neutral, still mind. That's what I'm asking you to just be aware of. I'm not asking you to change it, but just be aware of. Because real sustainable change comes from the thing. Going back to the analogy of moving the furniture around, that just looks like we've done something. But it kind of is changing the habit just to something else. It looks like we've done it a little bit different, but then the habit still comes back again or something still comes back again. But when we say that real sustainable change comes from insight from our spiritual nature through into this experience, we see through a neutral mind, and I'm saying words here to describe the undescribable. But to me, this is just what it looks like to me in this moment. As it comes into our consciousness, and our consciousness is not just about it allows us to, to feel what our thinking's doing. Yes, that does, but that's personal. It allows us to know personally, am, am I, so I'm feeling not good at the moment, so I'm really lost in my personal thinking. But consciousness really speaks to us of understanding our soul, of understanding the energy of pure love, of pure thought, of pure mind. And that's what Sydney Banks saw in 1973. That's who we are. And then we overthink it, and it looks like we're not. So his, when I hear Sid speak, it's not to follow him. It's not to make his words your next mantra. It's not to, but to realize that what he saw was true for everyone. Now, I love that, because it didn't tell me that I needed to be developed. It didn't tell me that I had to change in order to be somebody else. And I had probably, what was I, 44 then? So let's say a good maybe 40 years of self-limiting belief. 
of what I needed to change, what I thought was wrong, what people wouldn't like, who I needed to hide from, who I could be okay with. I made all that up. Now, if once upon a time, if I would have seen that, I'd have been in therapy. Because I would have looked at, I needed to change that in order for me to do it. But when I just saw innocently, God loved me, innocently. And that's true for everyone. We innocently have looked through a thought that is a misunderstanding, but because of my thought and consciousness doing what it always does, the memory builds and we create from that and we get lost in that. And I'm not meaning to play this down as in when I say that's all. I'm not meaning to take that away from anyone who may be listening to this and, and believing their thinking at the moment. But just be aware that what I sense today, when I was out walking, my body was relaxed. I really felt good when I was walking, but I was full of chatter, mind chatter, about what I needed to change. And I also come into my head as, what am I going to talk about tonight? Now, once upon a time, I would have had to have sat down days before and marked down point by point what I needed to say to you. Or I had the choice of let's just rock up and see. And I've just rocked up and seen. Now, if we bring that, that we have that ability to do that, we have the ability to do that. How much more our bandwidth of experience, rather than being made of self-limitation, will be of new experience in the moment. It's how we're designed. For new experience in the moment, where the spiritual energy of life flows through us and brings life the dream of life into an experience in this moment like never before. And it backs up what we're thinking in that moment. And knowing that that's always going to happen. Wow. Always going to happen. We can't learn universal truth. We are universal truth. It's not our job to evolve or make us better. Wisdom does that. That was a biggie for me when I, when I saw that. Because I thought I had to have the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And then when I saw, actually, Steve, you've always been the truth. Even in your thinking and your lost moments, this energy isn't ticking. No, you didn't do that one very well. So it's not like you're, um, you know, uh, if you have a, um, a pay-as-you-go um, mobile sim, and you've used your quota up. So um, you have to go and upload it. That's not what's going to happen with wisdom. It's not just going to give you a quota for each day or for each month. It's unlimited, abundant love, wisdom, knowledge. Again, words to describe the undescribable. But one thing I know for sure from what I heard was that stillness, when it speaks to, to me, doesn't always feel the same. But yet there is a knowing that I know to trust when I do feel it. And that's all I know. That it's true for everyone. True for every single person. And it's not that I sit about and just wait for the feeling to tell me what to do. An old saying that I like saying is you don't know how cold the water is until you put your foot in it. So we have to get an experienced life and knowing that just like that river coming to the ocean, 
it's going to take us in directions. Experiences are going to happen in a way that we didn't think was possible. So we get to um, play with the experience rather than develop the experience. We experience it for ourselves, which means that I cannot tell you what that experience is like for you because you're the experiencer. That's so much different from, no, sorry, Jason, you're not doing it good enough. You need to do it this way. Come on, Jason, get a grip. And then you become my teacher. No matter of what you've been through, no matter where you think I wouldn't be good enough. One thing I loved about Sid, when he said that there is no one more holier or spiritual than anyone else. So we can put that one to the side. There is no one better spiritually than anyone else which means that at any one moment I could sit, and I, I've done this quite a few times when I've I done the work with the homeless, where those guys come in not knowing where their head's going to sleep that night and has become my teacher so many times. The wisdom that they've come out with, and it's proven to me that this is not about circumstances. This is about truth. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up, but like we could go on forever, you know, there's so many, uh, it's been such a cool conversation. And, and the word that came to me, you know, like towards the end as you were speaking was just the word awakening, you know, and it was kind of like you, what you described was just a beautiful experience of awakening, you know, to the realization of, of who we really are. And, and um, I could like, I don't know the right word, but I could. it was almost like I could see it in slow motion as you were talking, you know? It was kind of like going from that realization of going, oh, yeah, like I don't have to move this stuff from room to room. I don't have to optimize this illusion anymore. Actually, I am okay. And like, the, and then the more you talk, starting to see the dominoes fall, you know, around all the illusions that I created about my life and what it was and what it, re what it really was and what it wasn't anymore. You know, so it was it was such um listening to you, you know, I could have just listened for ages. It was just such a nice feeling. Um and I really hope for people listening, you know, they get the same experience as me listening to you because it's like it's it's such a, a different space to be in, you know, that constant um efforting or making it happen mindset, you know, that people have in that world where every day you get up with that right you know get the to-do list out got 50 things to do today and if i get this done i'll be okay you know to that just being okay you know regardless of, of what there is to do and just feeling your way through life trusting in the systems that are already in place you know i, I love what you said earlier about um when you cut your finger or you know i can't remember you know nature the grass growing the, the flowers being next to each other you know like it'd be crazy to think that the the psychological system that we have it doesn't have the same energy doesn't come from the same you know from the same place and doesn't and isn't okay as it is you know that we need to do something in order to make it okay so so many things have stuck with me you know from what you've said and and, and i hope for people listening you know they 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 you know, get the same vision as what I did because it's it's such a such a different experience of life. What you're talking about, you know, from, from completely from one, you know, one um, difficult, you know, um, make it happen daily experience to one of peace and joy and contentment and just being present and and being awake and alive to to what's available from life. So, 
I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you for, yeah, for inviting me. I've loved the conversation and, and I love hearing the openness that you speak with and, and no personal history coming in when you speak about that this is who I am and where I am now. Yeah. I love that. So thank you for sharing. Thank you.